Welcome, everybody! <laughs> you are looking live at Jabroni Drive Podcast, one of the most spectacular sights you'll ever see in sports entertainment. Woo! We cover all topics, WWE, AEW, Impact, whatever it is, professional wrestling. Jabroni Drive will take you down. <laughs> Oh my god. Welcome to another episode of Jabroni Drive with Timothy Schmidt and Tom Lavelle. We appreciate you listening. We hope you're enjoying what we're doing, covering all things professional wrestling and giving you our takes on what's going on in the world of professional professional wrestling, aka sports entertainment. Tim a big week in professional wrestling, a big weekend for WWE. I don't think people thought it was going to be as amazing as it was, but it was. But let's let the fans know what we're talking about. On this week, we're going to be talking about what I'm referencing, the Backlash Premium Live event. What a show. Incredible from top to bottom. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw and the upcoming SmackDown. Drew McIntyre, and WWE What Ifs. Tim, before we get into the full show and break it down, what did you think of WWE Backlash? On a scale from 1 to 10, what would you give it? I, it's hard to beat, obviously, WrestleMania. Um, that's probably one of the best all-around pay-per-views I've seen since coming back to wrestling, in my opinion. Um, one of the best. You know, I guess, you know, you can say for a pay-per-view like that, like expectations, right? Um, where were they at for this pay-per-view, right? We, You just mentioned it. Not many people expecting this to be, you know, a, a, a great card, a great, pay-per-view at all uh, i guess it's not even pay-per-view right it's just uh, well they're called they premium live events now so that's something that i i said to one of our our friends that we t- discussed professional wrestling with a lot it's called a ple these days so they're premium right. live events because they're on the network and we're not we're not paying for right. the pay-per-view as they used to be called go ahead right. Tim. no so uh, there's there's something to be said about expectations and what was actually delivered, right? Right. So, you know, when it's the same thing, like I, I can reference like a, a big movie, right? When there's a big movie that comes out, you know, the expectations are, are pretty high, right? You go out, you see the movie, you're expecting big things, right? But when, yeah, you know, there's that that comedic like genius, like. Uh, like super bad, right? There was no expectations for super bad, right? And it goes on to be one of the, one of the the most comedic like performances of all time. It was such a great movie, right? Because the expectations weren't there for that. And Tim, think- real quick, a little off topic here. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is there? I know you just mentioned super bad. Is there another movie that necessarily your expectations were low? You didn't know that you walked into and you left saying, "Wow." That movie I mean, was incredible. One movie that that jumps out was Click. 
Whoa! <laughs> Shut up! Ah, you're such a dickhead. <laughs> Oh fuck! I fell for that one. Hook, line, and sinker. You fucking asshole! <laughs> uh, you had to let it linger, didn't you? Tim? You just had to let it linger. What? Uh, do you have a movie? No, no. Tim, one that I did not. I did not see. Like. And it was and I, I guess I went and saw it not thinking about it was the sixth sense. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about the movie. I went and saw it and was blown away by the right. end of that movie. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, that was crazy. Totally got me. But go ahead. Anyway, so that's like kind of my comparison is like going into backlash. You know, we talked about it on the show. You know, the car didn't really make much sense to us. Yeah, you know, it seemed like a just a bunch of shit thrown together. A, sh- a shit sandwich if you will mm. um obviously it was catered to you know puerto rico and you know the latino card with that that was in there There's, it was you know there was a lot of Bad bunny damian right? priest lwo Rey mysterio lwo right. right so yeah you had you had that whole um zelina vega situ- yeah you had that whole situation going on which is which is great i mean and Holy shit. I mean, from start to finish, it was just outrageous. And I think a lot of it had to do with the crowd, too. And definitely one of the hottest crowds that I've ever seen at a live event. Um, yes, not just hot, Tim, from start to finish. You don't get that often. You get the hot crowd for a match, a segment, a half of a show, parts of a show. Every match, they were on fire. Oh, uh, no, yeah. And, yeah, you see that from time to time, like you said. But, like, dude, you know, after Backlash, you know, Monday Night Raw came back to, I think, it was in Florida, um, Jacksonville. Yeah, and involved. You bar- and you barely got a taste of, of what was encapsulated in Puerto Rico. It was just, in San Juan. It was just unbelievable, like, for a crowd – that just was on the edge of their seats and yeah, with every punch that was thrown, every move that was made, it was just, Oh my God. Like, how do you stay up for, you know, almost a three and a half hour, you know, PLE, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. A three and a half hour show. Yeah. How, how you get exhausted towards the end. I've been to them. I know. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, it's a testament to number one, like when you have a crowd like that, I would imagine that, the wrestlers want to perform even better. So it brings the best out of the wrestlers. Right. And I'm sure after that first, first match, they come back and they go, dude, it's, it's outrageous out there. Like, and you feed off the energy of the crowd and yeah, as, as much as, yeah, as we say, it's, it's fake, you know, it, it, it's really not They're performers. Right. And, and they have emotions and yeah, like, Dude, you go to a in any sporting event, a game, you know, a quarterback in in the clutch moment, right? The crowd's feeding off that. A basketball player, you know, in the fourth quarter with time running down, right? These guys perform at the highest level, and they're athletes and in that position for a reason. And I, it just all works so well um, yeah. for for everyone. And you know, it was essentially every match, and and my God, did they deliver every single. 
there wasn't a match in on that on that card that I did not enjoy. Yeah, and it, you know, most recently, what what comes to mind with the fans and, and that kind of atmosphere is the Phillies playoff run for us. You know, when we saw that and like the national attention mm-hmm. we were getting for how good our fans were, and kind of the, in that same aspect of watching the games and the electricity that it brings, and it just it that adrenaline. And I think a lot of times wrestlers later in life struggle with their demons because when you're in that moment, Tim, can you imagine being even a bad bunny and that coming out to that? I mean, that's peak of life right there. There's never a feel. You, you can't get a feeling like you had at that particular moment. It's, it's all, yeah. <laughs> is it all downhill from there? But I, I do want to break down that show. Now, they are talking about having backlash there's rumors now that they're making they might make backlash a event in puerto rico annually now every year backlash will be in puerto rico for the thing before backlash last week we were talking about how we knew it was going to be entertaining because of the wwe superstars and we know that they're going to put on a show we didn't think it was going to be like that an all-time event that I mean, people are texting us. If you haven't checked this out, you need to check this out. It was that good. So the first match was uh, Bianca Belair versus Io Sky. Mm-hmm. 18 minutes long. And the crowd was booing Bianca throughout this match, which isn't something that you see very often. And right away, like you said, first match, they came out, and that crowd was hot, which had to send a spark through the whole locker room like, yo, we're going out there and we get to put on a show much like a, a professional athlete gets up for a game. Maybe a comedian gets in front of an audience on the mic or, or an actor yeah. gets on stage and they're like, wow, this crowd's, we got them in the palm of our hands for a whole thing. Tim thoughts on that match. I was impressed majorly by both wrestlers. Eos guy doesn't get a, a chance to showcase herself that much. I thought she did a great job. And obviously Bianca Belair, is as much as I'm not into her character too much, her physical and, and and the things she can do, she's at the top of WWE, one of the top stars as far as female athletes and being able to the the amount that she can lift, the way she can throw around a wrestler, and the physical stuff that she can do is maybe the best in the world right now. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking about uh, Bianca Belair. You know, she's tremendous in the ring. Um, you know, technically sound. You know, I compare what I saw on Saturday to what I saw in her match against Asuka. And that match was just, we, I think, I, again, we talked about this before. That match was just so disjointed. You know, it just didn't connect. And I mean, from start to finish, I mean, people say that Asuka is one of the, one of the better female wrestlers, you know, in in wrestling. Right? Is that is that what I? No, hear, that right? is that is a that is a popular thing to say. Um, I would say I'm uh, you know, you have all these people out there. There's so many professional wrestling th- fans that think they know everything. Little do they know that I know everything. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I'm not a huge fan of Asuka, and like. When I say I'm not a huge fan of someone, that doesn't mean that I dislike Oscar or anything like that. It's just that I've never really 
been truly invested into her as a character and her matches. And I think they're, I think they're sloppy at times, you know, yeah. I think there's some missteps and I don't, I have the, uh, I don't believe in her being able to actually beat up a Bianca Belair. If you look at them physically, Bianca Belair is a athlete is someone that right. is, you can tell is in <clears throat> great shape. She can mm-hmm. lift up anybody in the women's lot and men probably, you know, and, you know, it just, it's Oscar. I never really bought into and same with Eos guy. And they had an opportunity to, and I, and I thought they showed out and I thought Bianca, the, the one armed press. Now they worked it where Eo was holding on to the other side. If you, if you paid attention to that, but the crowd was not into Bianca, which is something I liked. I feel like Bianca as a heel is something that we could really dive into and get something from because she's been a face for so long. But I was I enjoyed the match, and as soon as you saw it, you're like, "Oh man, this is this right. is a night going on right now." Right. So so my point was that just you know the 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 two matches, which they should be similar in styles, right? Because Asuka and Io Sky are very similar in in the way they wrestle, right? Right. And it just seemed just so much more polished, and it was it was it was continuous, right? There was, there was fluidity to the match and it just, it had different spots and it just delivered. And again, we got to take in consideration. Yeah. The crowd, right. Feeds into that a little bit. Right. And you, right. you, you sit there and yeah, they're, they're buying everything that you're throwing out there. Like, you can get away with anything essentially, but in, in terms of just the technical aspect of the match, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Great match. Great match to start off with. Um, we're going to be saying it throughout the, the breakdown of this pay-per-view and or PLE. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, go check them out. The whole show is good. So, and it's fun. And now it's funny, um, that you mentioned Bianca Belair as a heel. Cause like, obviously, you know, sky has links this season damage control. Right. I think, I think that Bailey as a heel is just brutal. Like it's so bad. Like yeah. she, I think they could, they could flip flop. Like, yeah, Bianca Belair should be running down damage control, and and huh. what's and what's her face Bailey should just go back to being you know her fun hugging, fun hugging self, and like it just hers as a, as a heel I think has not been good. But I don't anyway. think that whole storyline has hit well. It seems like they have, they've obviously been setting up a breakup with a. Uh, I hope we're saying it right. Ios guy, Eos guy. I'm sorry yeah. if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but so. And there was a thing there that she kind of cost her a little bit. If you had spoiler sure, alert, you no, know, and, um, you know, Bailey and that, that whole thing has it. I think Bailey is sneaky, very funny. Some of the stuff she says, I was like, I, I get, I get a kick out of her, but this, that whole storyline hasn't worked for me from the jump and it's still not going on too well. So they, they start off with that. The crowd's super hot. As you can see, the next match is Seth freaking Rollins against Omas and we had a lot of questions going into this match about the contrast of styles. Omos, where is he headed forward? What what are they trying to do with him? Um, now, Seth Rollins came out with the victory, and I thought both wrestlers looked good in this match. And I thought Omos did very well to where, okay, you can start moving forward. And I don't think the loss cost him anything. It's not like, oh, he lost, now he he can't win anything. 
Tim, what did you think of the the Omas uh, Seth Rollins uh, match? Again, there was a, another unexpected, pleasant surprise that yeah they they delivered and yeah I saw that there was in in that whole match uh, Omas apparently uh, paid tribute to the Undertaker with uh, the the big boot that he gave uh, Seth Rollins off the rope. Um, some someone on uh, Twitter, I think, or somewhere was trying to make the comparison that it was a, it was a tribute to Undertaker. I don't know. But regardless, I thought it was it was good. And again, Seth Rollins, one of the best guys, you know, in wrestling right now. Um, you expect that that he was going to deliver, right? It just you need the other guy to hold up his end. And yeah, there was there was points in the match where I felt like it was believable, right? It felt it felt like the storytelling was pretty good. You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Sorry, I'm reading something. <laughs> um and then you know what what really sold it for me was I think the idea that they're trying to build Omas into this this giant, right? Like indestructible type of character. And you've seen something from Rollins that he's never done before. So it took something superhuman really to to put down Omas, which was the you know, the the two stomps and then the stomp off the off the top rope, which you know, that's the first time we've seen that from Seth Rollins, I believe. Yeah, right? I know, yeah. Yep. So um yeah, they're they're giving credibility to Omas at the same time by by you know pulling that move out of nowhere right the the first time ever he brings that up and being able to put him down yeah as some type of like superhuman move to to right. really take down the giant omas so and i um, liked um omas being able to play to the crowd a little bit and, and yeah. you know do his things where he's you know kind of scoffing at the crowd or, or or going at them a little bit i thought okay this guy's showing a little bit of something personality. Here. Yeah. yeah, personality yeah. is something that you need to carry yourself in in this industry. Um, you can't just be a big dumb idiot and go like. I mean, we've seen that that character before. Uh, the giant what was a giant. Uh, giant Gonzalez. Gonzalez, like what was that dude? I mean, nothing, yeah, right. He didn't list. Right. Um, I think Craig so, was another one. There's a guy named Craig. He was probably I think he was in the Misfits, and he was this John giant, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, great. No one really cares if you can't entertain. You're not going to do well in the WWE. You have to be entertaining in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So Tim, that match was 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Bianca Belair, Io Sky was 18 minutes, and then we get mm-hmm. to the Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed match, which I was really looking forward to. Six minutes and 50 seconds. Not a very long match. Hard hitting, a lot of moving parts. Um, I enjoyed the match. I think we're both big Austin Theory fans in the fact that we see a lot of potential in him. The match was good, but to me, somewhat of a letdown. What did you think of the match? Yeah, I mean, triple threat match. Just, you know, Bobby Bobby Lashley and um, Bronson Reed, two guys that really don't move all that well, right? Like just the conflicting type of styles, right? With Austin Theory, like Lashley and Theory kind of can can maneuver around the ring too pretty decently. Bronson Reed just like, he's a bruiser, right? Like he's a, you know, he's a different type of wrestler. Um, 
you know, I thought it was a decent match. Like I said, I didn't think any match was terrible. Um, no, I'm not saying it's bad. Sorry if I was coming off but that the, way. But the triple threat match was was solid. It held up okay for me. I, I mean, I just, yeah, that that's not the the one match that like jumped. Like if there's one match that didn't jump out at me, I would say it was that one, right? Like not yeah. not really lighting the lighting the world on fire there. But you know, we we saw what happened at the end of the at the end of the match. Figured figured he'd he'd walk away with the belt, and you know he did, and. Yeah, that was that, and ho-hum, move on to the next one, right? <laughs> right, but that's the thing. It seems very ho-hum, and this is a string of matches now for Theory, which I'm a big Theory guy. I, I have I have thoughts of him. I think he's got guts. I think he can cut a promo, and in the ring, I think he's very good, and I feel like he could be a megastar in the WWE. However, this match was ho-hum. His match against Cena, ho-hum. You know, it's like... There, but it's there, been it's, I need to have a a signature match coming out soon where it was a wow match like wow man that kid is it like he justify these these things that I I think is happening and and I I'm not off off board you know I still think he is a potential WWE champion maybe face of a company whatever but I need to start. I I I want him to be in a storyline that has some real feeling to it, instead of just like, hey, we're gonna throw this together and make it work. You know, you need to bring out like he's not had the best booking, right? You 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 throw him in with this Bobby Lashley thing, right? And then you had him with John Cena, that whole thing. Like John Cena is like a, I, I mean, I guess it gives him credibility because it's. It's John Cena, right? Like guys are 16 times or 17 times. I don't know how many times. The only credibility is to say you beat John Cena, but the match was nothing spectacular. And I think a lot of it has to do with John Cena and his ring rust and him not being around and getting older and whatever. And that's not a knock, but I'm just saying like, you know, you saw the match. It's just like, okay, you know, it happened. Nothing. So what about incredible? What about throwing like, like he needs somebody that has the same type of style, I think, for him to to really deliver, right? Like I think that that those styles. Who, who you got? You ready? This is who he yeah. needs, and this is something that when they talked about Triple H when he first started to not be Hunter Hearst Helmsley and like kind of come out of that shadow, he had a string of matches that put him, moved him forward to where people are like they started the fans started to respect him okay to be like this guy that was um someone that would could dish it out and could take it and could take the punishment and was a tough guy i think the guy he needs to have a feud with right now Sheamus i think him and Sheamus you start to throw some bangers at him they start to feud and Sheamus starts some- to go after him and they put on a match you know where they're just beating the hell out of each other and you get a classic out of Sheamus and Austin Theory. They got the English pay-per-view coming up at Money in the Bank. You put the United States Championship on the line, and Sheamus and him just beat the hell out of each other, and you're like, wow, man, that Theory dude, he, he's fucking tough kid that he out there. I mean, that's the first one that popped in my head. I'd like to say Gunther as well, but Gunther has a belt. Theory has a belt, so it doesn't really make a ton of sense. But, you know, someone like that, where he goes out there and proves how tough he is. By the way, the matches Triple H was having that put him over were with Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, and they were more hardcore matches. What do you so think? You think I mean, Sheamus, you like- banger after banger after banger? 
with Austin Theory because you got a face in Sheamus, who is a, is a guy that the crowd likes. You got the heel in Theory, and you put oh. them against each other. Sheamus now is is going after him for the United States title, and he just you know they beat oh, the hell out of each other. Aren't they? Uh, they're aren't they already booked in a uh, triple threat match for the world heavyweight title? Are they both in that match at, at, on SmackDown? I mean, they're all. I mean, either way, they could end up wrestling each other for for right one way or another. I love but, that, and that could be the yeah. start of the feud. <clears throat> yeah, regardless of what we think, I just you got to get him away from these. In my opinion, I think look, he he's gonna be an A-lister, right? He's he's going to be a guy that's going to contend for the title. So he's going to have to wrestle bigger guys. That's that's obvious, right? You can't put him in with, yeah, you know, like a, I don't know, like some flyweight guy, like uh, what's uh, Johnny Wrestling, right? That, that no. doesn't make sense. Gargano? Right? No. Yeah. So like. Well, um, it would make I'm... sense. They were in a faction in NXT, there is a history between them, and that's they kind of had that thing going a couple months but, back. But that's but, it's a step below where he's at right now. He's right. in a different echelon than than Johnny Gargano. Like right. Johnny Gargano at this point is is getting like uh, well, he's injured. Inter- he's kind of out of the. He's he's coming back soon, but yeah, Whatever. no Johnny, Whatever. no Johnny Gargano. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, like I mean, what about bringing in like a Logan Paul, right? And and doing a match with with him Ooh. and Austin Theory, like that's too that's young, kinda... up and coming, like right. you know, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, but the problem is that like Logan Paul doesn't have the time to get into you know a full fledged storyline, right? Like he comes in, you know, for two appearances in a month, right? You know, and and it's out. You need somebody that's more invested. But I think like a guy like that, or maybe like an AJ Styles or someone, someone that's yeah, re- that's going to be more invested, you know. AJ and, Styles and him would be really good too. Yeah, so I, that's that's my opinion. I just I don't want to see him fighting like Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed and these guys. I I, I need something better. I need wrestling to be a, his booking needs to be a little bit better. Well, but if he anyway. were to happen to lose the United States title, I would love him. If you're gonna, and this would turn him into a face, but if you had him go towards the Intercontinental Championship with a Gunther. And you have him go after Imperium in Imperium. So after yeah, that, we man. had <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. A lot of emotion with this match. Zelina Vega being a uh, a Dominican um uh, from the Dominican Republic. Tim, I I thought this was a really good match. I liked the uh, the pageantry of it. Her family in the front row. I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan. I thought she looked great. I thought it, mm. I, I would say outfit of the night was to Rhea Ripley. And mm. the match was good. It lived up. Rhea Ripley ends up coming away with the win. Now, a couple WWE Hall of Famers made comments this week on Twitter that they thought Zelina Vega should have won the match. What are your thoughts on that? Should Zelina Vega have won the match in front of her home crowd? Um, I don't I, I think I've seen a little bit of this and can you give me a little bit of background on why? Well, Tim, I'm just going to tell you straight up. There's no way she should have won that match in Puerto Rico. Like, and I'm not saying like the the pop would have been nice. It would have been it would have been great. You just had Rhea Ripley, who came back off of injury, was the number one contender, well, number one per entrant into the Women's Royal Rumble, lasted the whole time, 
won the Royal Rumble, went against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and then the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania, you're going to have her drop the belt? Are you fucking kidding me? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And not only that, you you don't have someone drop the belt. The reason... These matches are so big. The Roman Reign matches, the Gunther matches, the what was the tag team title matches is because these people have held the belt. Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair's had had the WWE championship for over a year now. She's the, now the longest reign, reigning women's raw champion of all time. People holding the belts longer makes it mean more. And especially a superstar like Rhea Ripley, you don't give her the belt and then take it away real quick. Right. Uh-uh. That's not how you do it. She holds no, on no, the totally belt for agree. a while and doesn't lose to a there, Zelina Vega. And that's not a no, knock I've, on Zelina I, Vega, but I heard there was a some sort of like sentimental type of deal, like someone like about there is Zelina Vega. Her father, father died or something like well, that. Well, her father or... died in 9-11. Uh, so the 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 backlash on social media this past year week was someone that is like us, comments on professional wrestling made a very inappropriate joke about her father and it's disgusting joke i don't even want to really bring it up but it's not it's uh it's it's something that was a big thing and you know for someone to say that is just ridiculous to joke around about something like that however it it would have been an incredible moment in front of her family yes like Mm -hmm. but it would have been an incredible moment for drew mcintyre to win the match at clash of the castle it would have been an incredible moment for cody you know these are all things that could have should have would have but it doesn't help build the prestige of the belt and the 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 wrestler you know and and rhea ripley is someone that i think will be the biggest women's wrestler in the next couple years to come i mean i'm a huge charlotte flair fan but i feel like rhea ripley is right at the top she she's right up there and could potentially I, I think a future Hall of Famer and one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. I think she could be. She has the look. She has the moves. She has the 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 whole the whole package. Um. All right. So after that, maybe the mat. I would say the match of the night, following following the Zelina Vega Rhea Ripley match, we had Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. Tim. Wait, the main event, right? The co-main event? Yeah, well, don't get caught up in the main event talk by WWE because years ago they, they started saying, oh, yeah, you're the co-main event. You're the co-main event because CM Punk was complaining that he wasn't the final match of WrestleMania. So they said, well, you're the main event because we have three main events. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan was the main event. It just it wasn't the right. one that ended. The, the match that ends the show is the main event. Everybody knows right. that. Mm-hmm. So... The uh, not saying you can't come out and steal a show, and I think this is what happened. And I kudos to the matches that followed this. The start to this match, that Tim, we're listening to that song on repeat. Is is that is that not as far as entrances go in recent memory? Sami Zayn in Montreal, this in uh, in Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny. One of the greatest entrances I've seen ever. Yeah. What What did you no, think I, when you were watching that? Is that if that doesn't get you hyped up, I don't know what will. Well, it 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 truly had the feel of. Uh, you know what I would compare it to? Um, if you're if you were lucky enough to watch, 
a Mike Tyson prize fight back in the day. And he would come out and it, it just had so much theater. And like he, like he was cold blooded as they come, but like, I mean, my God, like just, it, it just had just a different feel to it, like a prize flight type of feel to it. Um, the entertainment value was just through the roof. Um, it, it just delivered. And, you know, this, this guy, this bad bunny, right. One of the biggest stars on the planet, celebrity, you know, like, does his own music he's in movies now he's wrestling and wrestling at a high level dude like this is not this isn't you know some b-list celebrity that's coming in to do a spot you know and and take a bump a couple bumps and you know like a former nfl football player like a lawrence taylor or reggie white or tim it was the longest match of the night 25 minutes yeah match was in wrestling time that's that is a long time. That's sure. That's a UFC fight is 25 minutes. A championship fight is 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it just had a different feel to it when he came out. Obviously, yeah, the the crowd singing his song, everyone knows it. It, it oh. was just it was just such a great moment, you know. And and yeah, obviously Priest and and Bunny, they're from the same hometown, right? They obviously know each other well and um, yeah, this moment was for, for truly for the both of them, really. Um, and yeah, look, the match doesn't happen without Damian Priest, right? I mean, he, he's the professional here. He carries it. But I mean, kudos to, to Bad Bunny for really just delivering an epic performance from start to finish. I mean, the way he was selling, the way he was, I, I mean, it just, it had such an old school feel to it. And I was sending you text messages throughout, like, if you remember in the beginning of the match, right, Priest, I think he choke slams him, and Bunny's laying on the ground. He goes to pin him, and the ref counts it two, and Bad Bunny, like the old dude, it, it was like straight out of it was like Razor Ramon. He picks yeah. him up, and he like this is what Razor Ramon used to do. He used to inflict pain on his opponent, right? He could he could pin him right now, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely destroy this dude, make his night a living hell. Yeah, and it was it was just like a, a throwback to that. And it reminded me that, by the way, fun fact: Damian Priest's favorite wrestler growing up was Mr. Razor Ramon, the bad guy. There you go. He, when there you see go. him when he comes out, he does the little, uh, you know, the thing that that Razor always used to do when he came out. But go ahead. Yeah. No, it was just it. It, it was really it was really cool. Um, Some big spots see. in that match, Tim. It, it was cool, like Damian Priest and. Like you were saying, kudos to him. Everyone, he got to shine, and he's a, he's a character that kind of had had maybe fallen behind the scenes there with the Judgment Day and Dom Dom and Ray and Rhea and Finn Balor and stuff like that. And he got a chance to to show what he can do in front of his the home crowd and everything like that. But then you get the interference from the Judgment Day. They're coming out and they're they're helping with with Damian Priest, and you get Carlito coming out now tim that pop was huge i think very unexpected to me that the crowd would react that way to carlito and i know carlito is a wrestler that wasn't around like not in your in 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 that gap you know where where you weren't paying attention as much i would say right he was he fell into that window No, well i i remember um carlito like was really at the i think 
when I first stopped watching. I remember like USA did like a uh, they did like some sort of campaign, right? And it was like USA characters welcome. And Carlito was like the one guy that they kept on showing. He had like the crazy afro yeah. and the and uh yeah, so I remember him from that and like seeing him, like, dude, my god, like he looked great. Great he looked shape. like completely in shape. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, is this dude just coming out for a spot like Savio Vega, or is he now part of the WWE again? Like, what's going on with this dude? Well, <laughs> you know? there's like, a lot of talk about that, whether or not, and I feel like that reaction. And his look and the way he looked and his history with WWE, I think I wouldn't mind seeing him come out and give him a shot and see what's going on, see how the crowd reacts, sign him till SummerSlam and see what's going on. If you give him a match, great. If not, hey, you tried. The crowd was was super hot for him. Another super hot pop was for Savio Vega. Uh, the LWO comes out. It was great yep. to see Savio Vega. I was, I was, I popped for that because you know that just reminds me of being a kid and Savio Vega. He had a big feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they had strap matches and and corner matches and everything like that. And um, Los Bariquas, you know, and he was a part of that thing. Which, if you look into the Los Bariquas, they had a bunch of gangs. They had the Nation of Domination. They had the. Yeah. Uh, a couple different gangs, but they were all <laughs> ethnic. It was like, oh boy, <laughs> when you when you look back into that. <laughs> but overall, I thought it was the match of the night. I thought they did great. Kudos to Bad Bunny. Kudos to Damian Priest. Kudos to everyone involved. Incredible Dude, what, entertainment. What about like, I mean, let's just talk about how Bad Bunny just, it just looked like uh 20 year veteran dude like the guy looked like he's been out there for for years and just like you know like i remember um at one point of the match like you know he he gets the uh the kendo stick right from savio vega and like you know he's he's giving out shots but he's also taking shots too like dude like they're they're real shots dude. Oh, yeah. and, and then he starts working on like priest leg you know like on the on the uh uh, on the pole right like he's doing that stuff and like like interacting with the crowd it's like cool, like looking for approval and shit like that it's like stuff that like you don't see i mean it's not you see it from here like from from heels sometimes right like yeah that when they're about to destroy a limb or something like that or like yeah you see edge do it with the uh the chair with the concerto right yes yeah he looks around and stuff like that but like yeah, it was just like a cool dynamic. Like those that match just had so many different dynamics to it. And uh Bad Bonnie, Jesus Christ, what what a what an absolute show he put on and Priest as well. And it was a great it was a great idea to have him go after that limb and that be something that affects as the storytelling that, you know, they they used to do more back in the day where it was they oh man, his legs hurt okay, now he's hobbling around, and so then he goes to lift him up to slam it, but his leg gives out. And even on Monday Night Raw, Damian Priest was still selling that, and all-around great match, probably an amazing moment for both of those wrestlers. I saw a video of uh, Triple H embracing Bad Bunny after the match and just their their excitement and how proud Triple H looked of Bad Bunny. They seem to be good friends. Incredible match, like we've been saying for this whole pay-per-view. If you haven't checked it out, pay-per-view ple go check it out please all right so after that the bloodline um and solo sokoa jay uso jimmy uso 
versus Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn in a six-man tag match. Okay, so we're finally coming to the end, I think, of Bloodline versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I feel like, not that it's ever going to be fully done. I'm sure it'll come back around. Everything does. But as far as seeing that on a weekly show, I feel like we've put that to bed. It's done. It's moved on. We're now into the part of the bloodline where Solo, the Usos, Roman Reigns, is Solo going to turn on the Usos and put them down. And the match, you've got all, all, the, all the elements. You've got both Usos, Solo, who's now been on on every show, it seems like he has a match, and a, and a big match. I've really liked his development moving forward. I like his character. To me, the, the, the highlight of the match was Jay and Solo kind of going back. Jay Uso, I'm a huge Jay Uso fan, and I feel like he's done a great job of kind of just bringing that reality to the situation. Jimmy's out there like, oh, everything's okay. And Jay points out the obvious, like, hey, something's wrong here. Like, what's your problem? What's going on? Are you going to fucking turn on us or not? Like, what's going on? And to me, the mm-hmm. moment of the match was when Jay was going against Sammy and Solo tagged himself in. And Jay says, what are you doing? You know, blah, blah. He goes out and smack. He smacks Solo right in the chest and tags himself back in and gets in his face and is yelling, big brother, blah, 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 blah. They're going back and forth. And it's like, holy <sighs> shit, is this going down right now? They end up winning the match. A great match because of all the wrestlers you have in there. Where do you think this is going? We're going to get some answers Friday night. The bloodline. Are you tired of the bloodline? I've seen a lot of talk on social media that people are done with this. It was a mistake to have Cody lose. Yada, yada, yada. No, 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 no. I I, dude, I think it's, it's kind of panning out pretty pretty good like the the way it's the way it's happening right um you you see this classic turmoil like turnbuckle turmoil right like where when you know a tag team has issues with each other you see aggressive tags being made and like you know it creates that doubt like what's going on like what are these guys really like is there is there an issue going on in the bloodline and stuff like that obviously we know that right but we don't know what the role that Solo Sokoa is is playing here, right? Um, so I like the storytelling. I like how it's it's playing out, right? You had that moment where, uh, you know, last week where Jay you know taps on the shoulder and you know, God forbid, you know, he almost he almost gave Jay this the the spike. God, right. you know, God forbid, yeah. if he gets hit with the spike, right? Um, right. So that creates even more you know drama, if you will. Um, you know, look, you can only drag this out for so long, right? Let's, let's get to the end of it. I, I don't, I'm not tired of it. It's interesting how it's going to play out. What, what I don't like right now is how it's still involving Sammy and, and Kevin Owens, right? It's like, all right, they don't really have much to do with this right now, right? Like it's obviously inner turmoil going on and like, it's, I guess it's just because it's familiarity with, with the characters and the storyline that they keep on rolling these guys back out. Like, all right, let's do tag team. Oh no, let's throw, throw uh, let's do a triple threat tag team now. Right. It's like, all right, let's kind of wrap it up. 
Let's tie it up in a bow. Let's move forward. Let's see where this goes with the bloodline. And if it's just going to be Roman and Sokoa, then so 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 be it, right? I, right. I don't know if, if they're going to try to make Jay a uh, a single star now or, or give him you know we'll a, see. An, op- an opportunity to to split with Jimmy and maybe they maybe Jimmy stays with the bloodline and I who knows where it goes like but yeah I'm I not think that's eventually what will happen I feel like Jay is eventually going there's I feel like there's going to be a match between Jay and Roman I feel like there'll be a match between Jay and Solo first though um we'll find out more because Roman will be on on SmackDown this week um as far as tying a bow on the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens thing, we're going to get into Raw in a little bit, but I feel like this was the tying the bow, the end of the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn Usos feud. Now the Usos feud is with Roman and Solo, specifically Jay and Solo, Jay and Roman, and Jimmy is just kind of like everything's okay, right, guy? He's his character. I feel like get a little more real and realize, hey, there's a clear riff here. They've been showing this. You know, they win the match, and he's like, we're all good, right? Everyone's going to hug, right? It's like, what's, no, it ain't like that. The, you, know who, you know who Jimmy is? You ever <laughs> yeah, obviously us being dads, you've you've seen all these movies, but um, what's, you ever see Ice Age? Oh, yeah. But Jimmy is the squirrel. That just keeps playing with the nut. Like he don't know what the hell is going on. He just is happy to be in the bloodline. He's playing yeah. with his little nut in the corner. He's <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's what he's doing. Oblivious that's... of the world about to collapse on him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he keeps on putting his finger up. Oh, here we go. But a great match. Um, you know, I haven't been a riddle guy for a long time. I'm not a huge riddle guy. I, you know, I, I don't think he's bad in the ring. I just another character that I haven't totally bought in yet you know he's kind of an afterthought for me we'll see what happens with him moving forward too all right so final match of the night cody rhodes brock lesnar we actually called this match if you haven't checked it out it's on youtube it, um you know cody versus brock lesnar on on jabroni drive uh tim there's been a lot of talks after this match i thought it was a great match it's a classic brock lesnar match um, hard hitting, fast pace, quick. Cody pulls out the win. Brock color in the match. He gets blood on his face. He he busts his, his head open the hard way. You see him go into the in the turnbuckle, which was uh ripped off, and he's bleeding all over the place. I believe you comment on it. It looks incredible. It that the blood just adds an element to it. It wasn't too much blood. It was just the right amount, in my opinion. Um it really brought an extra element to the match. And I thought it was a great match and a great way to end the show. And after the bad bunny match with Damian priest, these two matches delivered the one that we just talked about. And then this one to, to yeah. they, they held their own to where it wasn't like a complete flop after that. Cause we know how hard it is to follow a match with such, so much energy. So I thought it was great. Cody got the win and got out of there and we knew it was going to set up for something else. Tim, First first thought I had was when Brock came out, he looked jacked. And he's always a big guy, super not like, a small, not a small guy, Tommy. Yeah. But I mean, he looks a little more ripped. He Shredded, looks a little yeah. bit bigger, a little stronger. 
And I immediately noticed, I was like, wow, Brock looks great. He looks, he looks like a different thing. And then he gets the color. And there's been some comments on social media about all this stuff. And a lot of people talking about what's going on and maybe the different rules. And a guy that's really popular on uh, social media is Dave Meltzer. And he writes for the Wrestling Observer. And is so he he guy, said, he's also he's also on um the busted open podcast with a uh, bully Ray, right? No, no. Dave Meltzer's on his own thing. He might I don't know if he's he's on there, you know, here and there, but he's not one of yeah, and okay. I can't remember the name of of the, the guy that's on it. But this guy is for from Wrestling uh Insider. And so he said Brock Lesnar did USC, was an active wrestler, and Brock tested positive. It wasn't for steroids, but he failed a drug test. And the response from WWE is that the drug test doesn't apply to Brock Lesnar. He said, this amazed me because I asked, I was like, hey, Brock just failed a test, you know, and in commission states, in theory, he should be suspended from commission states that regulate wrestling because that's the rules. So he was talking about then if Brock Lesnar wants to do color, Brock Lesnar can do color. Everybody else might get in trouble for it but he has different rules. So it's kind of, it's odd that this rule of no color is in effect now and how bulky is and stuff like that. And how, how big he's looking and how the rules for Lesnar don't seem to be the same for everyone else. Is it, it it seems like an unfair advantage maybe that he gets to do this color. It helps with the storytelling. I guess, I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, what's going on behind the scenes? And would that drive, like, a divide in the locker room? To me, if I'm a wrestler, I'm like, well, what the fuck? He's allowed to have color. I want to tell a story in a match, and I could use a little bit. Like, So I, I also listen. I listened to the 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 Busted, Busted Open podcast. Yeah, Busted Open. I think it's David um, LaGreca is the guy, not Dave Mel- right. Meltzer, but I think it's LaGreca or something like that. So that's with it was with Mark Henry and it was with uh, Bully Ray. And uh, they both, the way that they were talking, it seemed like color is some color or what you're blood. trying to say. That's what they call it. It's blood. a slang term right. for blood, color. Right. So blood can be used. It just is used not as often as it used to be it's supposed to be used in good in in the right spots right like that's that's kind of what they were suggesting on the podcast and um yeah i don't know what that report is you know what you're talking about from the other david guy but um that's just dave Meltzer. he's he's a big name he's the guy that does all the five-star matches he has the the wrestling insider magazine that's been going on for years and and all that stuff yeah he's Um, a big name in in the biz for for the marks like me He's no Tim Schmidt and Tom Lavelle. No, no, he's not. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, look, if, if that's what he says, obviously you got to respect it. And yeah, um, yeah I want to give him all the credit in the world for, for what he does. Cause I don't, I don't do that shit either, but it, either way, um, the way that that match unfolded, I think was fantastic. Right. And the thing that, that bully Ray was saying on his podcast was like, look, I, I like this, the, the blood in that spot. But he said, like, I I'd like it. If like Cody was more like, if Cody actually caused the blood, right. Like if he was the one 
that busted open Brock, right? Because it gives him more of like a kind of an edge to him. Like he's actually vengeful, right? Like, and I can see that. I can see that because like, yeah, it was kind of an indirect thing. I, all right. The, yeah. The turnbuckle fell off and yeah. Brock took that to the head. Um, obviously he's been in the wrestling business for a long, long time and he probably knows way better than we do. Um, but while we're watching it, dude, I mean, the impact it had on us wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a lie. I mean, we watched it live on our show and we couldn't believe it. And, you know, to the point where we thought like, my God, like, is this, was this an accident? Like, I mean, he legit went into that thing face first. Right. And you got to give big ops to, to Brock for selling that thing. I mean, he's obviously willing to, slam his face into an empty turnbuckle and you know you saw the stitches on on monday night raw you know legit gash in his forehead right right and you know he's this is something that these ufc fighters are used to right like you know fighting with blood and on their face and stuff like that it's something probably familiar territory for for brock lesnar right that he's been in that situation before um you know most of these wrestlers older wrestlers have have bled before have cut themselves and and shit like that but it was just it was so cool to see right because you don't you don't see it often and in a match like that where yeah you just we haven't gotten an explanation on barack lesnar and all that shit just flies out the window like we're you don't even think about it right when you see a match like that you're like Dude, this is fucking awesome, right? Yeah, it was right. it was great to see. And and we're thinking, me and you, that this this match is gonna get canceled. They're gonna stop it because of the blood. Like right. we weren't sure if it was a it was a work or if it was real or if it was and that's what's great about wrestling is that you don't Amen. know. You don't know. And um when they blur the lines of reality and because yeah. We know it's scripted and blah, blah, blah. And all the people that hate wrestling, are like, you know, it's fake, right? Yeah. But when something happens where you're thinking, wait a second, this is real, you know, yeah. and there's real yeah. heat here and there's real, you know, someone's really hurt or someone like, was that meant to be? Was that in the storyline? It gives you that, whoa. And that's part of the great, the part of being a fan, you know, that along with the history of everything and, and all that stuff. So the, the one thing that from that match that was kind of I think me and you accepted it at the time because we didn't know what was going on, right? Now we find out that you know maybe it was part of the match. Right. But Brock puts Cody in the Kimura at the end of the match. And we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, like, dude, they're gonna have to end this match one way or another. Like they're gonna like the ref has to work quick. We got to figure out a way out of this match before they stop it. Right. Right. So we're, we're, we're thinking they're, they're speeding this thing up, but speed it up because the blood's getting too, too crazy. And, you know, he, he rolls Brock back and pins his shoulders to the ground. Gets steals the, the victory. He steals over. a win right there. And look, um, you know, is it a cheap victory? I don't know. Maybe there's no but cheap he, victories. He didn't cheat for it. You know, I don't think it's cheap, but it was a steal. You know, he, he did it, stole it. But yeah, but like, so now, 
you know, what are we talking about here? Like we're talking about revenge, right? Like, and, and like the match ends and, and like, we're like, all right, you know, he, he got the victory over Brock. And, and in my opinion, this is the way I see it, right? I see that Cody Rhodes, no matter what, his goal is to defeat Roman Reigns, right? He is the universal champion. He's the undisputed champion. And that's the only way he finishes story. Okay. So they bring this second belt in, right? And okay. Now Cody has this opportunity for this consolation prize. And this is the way in my head, like this is how it's playing out. Okay. Cody's going to go into this triple threat match and like, it's kind of cheesy in my mind just to let him go through this tournament win the title and then he walks off as the world heavyweight champion that was vacated like it's a brand new belt like yeah that's not good enough like that's not good enough to me so when i see him losing that triple threat match when brock lesnar comes back out i thought that was a stroke of genius on raw to bring brock back right to you know inflict more pain on cody right and it's gonna it's gonna keep this thing alive for a little bit and Roman's coming back and on SmackDown on Friday, right? And it just seems like the the only way he's finishing his story is to to dethrone the ultimate champion, which is Roman Reigns. So I don't know how it how it's gonna lead to that, right? Like, I mean, he theoretically should get a rematch after he almost beat him at WrestleMania, right? So why isn't that taking place? Right. So this is just a little sidebar to I think build up Cody, right? even more to that point to when he finally faces Roman Reigns, who maybe at SummerSlam, maybe that's when it takes place. I don't know. We'll see. But But so we had the backlash pay-per-view, like we've said, incredible pay-per-view, five-star, all-time pay-per-view, all-time crowd, amazing, amazing PLE, premium live event. Let's Go just check say, it out. Just call it call it pay-per-view for now. Yeah. Let's just keep yeah, it. Fuck them. So fuck them. go check it out if you haven't. And as Tim just said, on Raw and SmackDown, they've started the tournament for the new WWE Heavyweight Championship belt. Cody Rhodes was in the tournament, and like Tim just said, Brock Lesnar came out. He interfered, giving Finn Balor the win. He attacked Cody and cut what I thought was an incredible pay-per-view. I had the same thought that you said to me, Tim. Promo was promo. was was the uh, promo. What did I say? Cut a what? Pay per view. Oh, cut a pay per view. He cut a promo. Cut a premium live event, and he cut the <laughs> promo and said, "You know, look at this face." And immediately, the first thing I thought of was the Joker, kind of like what you said, but it was a scary freaking promo. I and another thing where I'm seeing this guy, like, oh my god. Brock, incredible the way he cut that promo and the 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 emotion and the challenge then for Night of Champions. So that gives him the match against Cody again at Night of Champions. And who knows what's going to happen there? You know, Brock's not going to be happy. I think Brock and Cody go at it again. And I think maybe this sets up for Cody winning the Money in the Bank contract. And maybe mm-hmm. he has that to go against Roman Reigns. You All never right, know. So, but- I mean, now, dude, I mean, you, you want to talk about a split in the locker room. I mean, you're just force feeding this dude now, right? Like, I mean, he's already won the Royal Rumble. Now you're going to let him win the, the money in the bank. 
And then True. like, Good he, point. I mean, you can't, you can't keep on throwing shit at him. Like, well, how do you, how do you put him into the championship match again with Roman Reigns? I, I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to work out. Especially said, they're like, on different brands now. Yeah. Unquote. I, I really don't know how it's going to work out, but like, and again, I keep on saying this. The only way Cody is going to be able to finish his story is through Roman Reigns. And that's, that's the only way I see it go down really. And, you know, he's eventually going to lose, but I, I just don't know how they're going to kind of put that together. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. They just, they decided to put Brock Lesnar in a, in a match with Cody Rhodes out of nowhere and still haven't told us why. I mean, that is so frustrating. It. Please just tell could, us why he did it. The, dude. And you know what the promo, you talked about his promo, right? Brock Lesnar's promo. And look, there's a reason why Brock, Lesnar had Paul Heyman by his side for all those years. Not great on the mic. Right. And I mean, he's obviously gotten a little bit more comfortable with, with speaking on the mic and stuff like that, but he is such a wild card. Like when whatever comes out of his mouth is just like, I don't know what's happening, but like, it just, he's that like intimidating of a dude that like, whatever he says, you're just like, all right, I guess that's what he meant. I guess that's what he meant to say. Whatever I'm not going to tell is, Brock Lesnar he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, whatever it is, it didn't make sense, but I'm buying it that yeah. it's, you know, it sounds kind of psychotic. Like he starts going, me, me, you know, yeah. I'm going to talk about me. I'm like, all right. What dude, is this, like, a Toby Keith song? Want yeah, to talk dude. about me? Want to talk about my? Want to talk yeah. about, you know? Dude, I honestly, when he grabbed the mic, I'm like, holy shit, we're finally going to get an explanation and then he just went total, you know, Heath Ledger Joker on us and went yeah. completely nuts. And I'm like, all right. Which I enjoyed, uh, which I thought was yeah. good. But I would say uh, this, Brock Lesnar, I wouldn't say that he's never been. I feel like he knows how to sell a fight and he's not the best entertainer. So that's probably why Heyman was his mouthpiece for a long time, because Heyman could do it. And still can whenever and wherever he wants, you know, yeah, he just, he yeah. goes out and he can, he can have the crowd in the palm of his hand, do whatever he wants. Brock, I don't think has that entertainment. He's not the rock. He's not a stone cold. He's not going to no. be out there doing the punch lines and stuff like that. And so, but if you're selling a fight and like he said, he comes out and he just starts yelling me and look at my face and you're like, Oh my God, he's going to actually kill somebody. He does a great job of that. And so I want to <laughs> quickly talk about Raw because we're we're running out of time here. Um, Raw is uh, I thought was I thought it was set up to be a good show, and I thought the wrestling and everything like that was good. The crowd was awful. One of the worst crowds I've seen in a long time, and maybe it's because we just came off of this amazing crowd at Backlash. Seth Rollins ends up winning his triple threat, facing Damian or. Uh, Facing Finn Balor in the uh, final of that uh, hit after Finn Balor had won his triple threat and will now face the winner of the triple threats tournament on SmackDown. I like Finn. I like Seth Rollins winning. I wouldn't be upset if he became the first heavyweight champion. I feel like that is also another force feeding, but. I don't think it's like inappropriate to do it. I don't think it's the wrong thing to do. And you just have to do it. You know, I don't know who else can, can win that title. It has to be on raw. Yeah. We talked about, um, 
yeah, how we both liked the idea, right? So that came out over the weekend. That we're going to get two triple threat matches on both SmackDown and on Raw. Um, yeah, the, the yeah, look, the matches were 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 pretty decent. Um, obviously, Brock Lesnar interferes and and helps Finn, Finn Balor get the win there. Um, and then was the other one was Seth Rollins. Um, yeah, he he ended up hitting. It was just like a great spot, actually. That oh, that match was pretty good. That frog he does splash the frog was awesome splash. on Shinsuke. Yeah. Out of it, out of yeah, nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And, yeah. Um, and you know, I thought I thought that was a good match. We talked about, you know, what who we wanted last time we were on here. We talked about who we wanted to see as a world heavyweight champion, and you, yeah, we threw around Sheamus, right? Um, and he's going to be in one of those triple threat matches. At SmackDown, and I said, dude, like after the weekend hit, like we got all these people that were in, you know, contention for the World Heavyweight Title. And I said, yeah, there's a clear omission here, and it's that of Drew McIntyre. And I said, dude, like I get he's in, you know, negotiations, but like I, to leave him out, I think is just such a, a major mistake here. Um, and like I get, I get like you don't want the guy to take the belt and you know you don't want to sign him up for a belt and then you know have to strip him of it if he decides to leave or what have you. But you have to have confidence that you're going to get this guy signed, right? He's one of your major draws, one of your major heavyweight draws. You have to have him in the fold, right? I love Drew McIntyre, and wherever Drew McIntyre ends up, he will be a star. Drew McIntyre He's- is a star. He's a great in ring. He's a great promo. He's got the look. He's got the. He's got everything. He's got it all. And and he's and his story is fantastic, dude. Like just yeah. from being in the WWE, right? Like resetting, coming back, right? Like you know, and in, in a dark time, like he held the belt, like during COVID and during the, uh, the Thunderdome, whatever yeah. the fuck it was called. I always and, felt awful for him for that. I mean, I know he got his Royal Rumble win in front of that crowd in Houston and that was incredible but to win the to to have your dreams come true in an empty stadium is almost it's a nightmare you know and so i felt awful for him that he he didn't get you work your whole life and especially him leaving the company he did it before Cody did he did it he left and went to a different into the indie scene and he built himself up and came back and went to NXT and won in NXT and then came to the main roster and won in the main roster and finally gets his shot. And next thing you know, he's got to do it in front of an empty stadium on the grandest stage of them all. His moment is in front of nobody. It's him and Brock in the ring and that's it. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking really when you think about it. And, if they were to lose a Drew McIntyre, that would be a huge loss. And wherever he would go, yeah. that would be a huge gain. Yeah. And he's and look, um, yeah, the guy, the guy's got it got it all together. He's just an absolute he's giving you some of the greatest match. Like, dude, since I've been back watching, some of the greatest matches I've seen, like him and Sheamus going at it, him and uh and Gunther, like it's just like him and Roman hard hitting matches was a great match. Disre- you know? yeah. Disre- disregard for for body harm and it it it's we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Hope 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 the guy that he stays with WWE. But um 
Yeah, so now you're looking at McIntyre's out. So you're looking at, you know, a couple guys. You're looking at Austin Theory. You're looking at AJ Styles, Sheamus. Um, who else? Well, we're going to get well, a match on, on SmackDown. The triple threat's going to be Edge, Edge, Rey Mysterio. Mysterio? Yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna be and I'm like an AJ Styles. That triple threat match is I mean, you you got three all time wrestlers right there, two Hall of Famers yeah. and AJ Styles, who's one of the best in ring guys in the in the last decade, if not the last two decades. And then you got Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley again. And uh I'm trying I'm drawing a blank right now, but was it Bronson Reed again? No. It's not Bronson Reed. No, it's Seamus. It? Seamus, yeah. Mm. And so, well, you know, hey, maybe that starts the feud with Seamus and uh in Austin Theory, like I was mentioning before. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I like how they're doing the tournament style to to do this. This is it makes sense. We're doing a tournament to try to figure out who wins the title, and you can have your feuds go from there. Um, so we'll be definitely tuning into SmackDown to check that out. Hopefully the Drew McIntyre contract situation gets figured out soon if not i feel like that's going to be a big what if which leads me to my last segment tim for jabroni drive the biggest what if on twitter this week a question was posed what is the biggest what if in wrestling history now i asked you to think about this for a little bit and when they say what is the biggest what if it means what if this would have happened instead of this would have happened what if this never Mm. happened what if so-and-so did this. What if a wrestler did that? And we came up with a couple different scenarios. Tim, do you have what to you would be the biggest what-if in wrestling history? Well, I brought this up to you earlier, and I don't know if this was yours, but mine was what if Hulk Hogan stayed with WWE? What if he stayed in the WWF? I mean – there is so many different avenues you can go with that, right? Like, um, I mean, you talk about the NWO, right? How how that started, you know, Hogan doing his flip. I mean, would his brand be as big as it as it was if he just stayed the the true American hero? Yeah. Um, no, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> NWO is yeah. still a top. I think it's number eight on T-shirt sales as we speak in wwe and i mean this is almost 30 years ago 20 25 years ago um yeah i mean that's that's the one yeah i've also brought up you know what if uh erwin r shyster you know wasn't a tax guy what if he was just like (laughs) you know (laughs) sam that's a big what if that is a big what if you know for me what Personal, if he was in the head shrinkers, you know? <laughs> One that crossed my mind is what if Stone Cold's neck was never broken, you know? What if uh, Owen didn't drop him on his head and he could have a, a little bit of a prolonged career? Another one was was HBK not getting hurt. You know, sometimes these injuries not happening, you know, big big what ifs. And you get a, a four-year period with The Rock and and Stone Cold and, Trip, and, and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and DX and that whole crew. But my big what if is if what if Bret Hart never left the WWF, a.k.a. WWE, and stayed there and got his feud to continue with Stone Cold, to continue with HBK, to continue with The Undertaker, 
He is one of my favorites all time, and it breaks my heart that his career didn't end the way that it should have. Well, he would have never met Goldberg. Don't you say that name on this show. (laughs) I got people that hate Goldberg, and I'm not, I I don't hate Goldberg. I mean, I know some people do, but I, I don't really necessarily blame him for that whole situation. You know, I feel like he was undertrained and uh, and didn't know the, the the insides and outs and fucked people up inappropriately. So, Tim, another great show of Jabroni Drive. I think some great sports entertainment, professional wrestling talk. I feel like we covered a lot. Obviously, the Backlash pay-per-view, Raw and SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Big What Ifs, and everything in between. To all the uh, Schmidt Lavellites, I want to say thank you for listening. We appreciate you. If you like anything we uh, have talked about, please leave us a comment, a like, a share. Tell your friends about us. Send them our way. If you have something we'd like to, you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to do it. Send us a comment. Send us a, a message, a text, or whatever it is. Tim, do you have anything to say to all the Schmidt Lavellites out there? Oh yeah, <laughs> now nah, I'm I'm terrible at this. I can't do that. I'm just bad. I'm just looking forward to talking more wrestling next week. That's right. Let's see, let's let's get a resolution to this whole like Cody thing, like Cody Brock Lesnar thing. Can we please get a, an answer to this? Just an answer. Why? That's, That's all we want. Why? Just why? We want to thank you for listening to Jabroni Drive. Have a great weekend, and we will check you next week. On Jabroni Drive, the greatest professional wrestling podcast in the history of the world. (laughs) We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. You are a show. Sounds like my graduation song. It is a graduation song. Is it? Yeah, but it's also uh, the matcha man. Ah, oh, I love that is. part. That is the graduation yeah. song. Did you just know that? Yeah, I just figured that out. <laughs>